Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Terms show, we're speaking with Dave Penyak. So we've known Dave now since uh, first cross pass, it looks like, in 2006, um, met each other shortly afterwards. Together with him uh, and his wife, Julie Broad, they started up revenue.com. He's going to kill me for saying it that way. I think it's revenue.com, but it's spelt rev, R-E-V-N. U-Y-O-U.com. So, and we chat about that on the, on the, uh, on the podcast. So I'll just leave that where it is. Um, but the reason that we're, we're pumped to have him on there is, you know, we obviously talk about real estate, uh, but the whole idea is using real estate to kind of live the life that really matters to you, to live life on your terms. And Dave's really, Dave and Julie are just people who kind of exemplify that. Um, you'll hear his story, how he moved from BC, um, to Toronto, back to BC, and then to LA, and what he's up to now. Um, so it's just a great story of someone really following an unconventional path, but is, that is staying true to their heart. So on this podcast and this show, we're going to talk to uh, mortgage bro- brokers and talk about real estate specific stuff all the time and have economic updates and talk about Toronto condos and different investing strategies around the GTA. But we're definitely always going to bring in interesting characters that are living life on their terms. And Dave is definitely one of those guys. So we're just pumped to have a, a great chat with him. Um, I had to do this from my home office. I had more home office audio um, fun about 30 seconds before the call. I was ripping open a mic the, because my son's PS4 headset that I was using in the past didn't look like it was going to work. And I bought some new equipment for the home office, audio equipment, but I hadn't had it set up. So I had half of it going, the other half not going. So it's definitely not perfect audio that you're about to hear. Um, but uh, it's still a great call. And we did it over Skype. So it does the whole Skype thing where it does cut in, uh, in and out on us a little bit. But overall, the call is great. So uh, just be prepared for some um, audio difficulty a little bit. Um, and uh, Dave does share his Instagram profile at the end. You're definitely going to want to fo- follow uh, Dave out once you learn what he's up to. And it just made me think that we've probably never shared some of our social media stuff. The three most active places you can find us on social media. Um, the first one's Facebook. And I know Facebook's getting a lot of negative press right now, but we're still on Facebook. So I guess I still share it. Um, it's facebook.com forward slash rockstar inner circle. That's our Facebook page. So facebook.com forward slash rockstar inner circle. We're definitely on YouTube. We do a lot of uh, weekly videos um, and share them via YouTube. That's just youtube.com forward slash rockstar inner circle as well. So youtube.com forward slash rockstar inner circle. You can subscribe to our channel there. And we've been on Instagram, I think, for, for a few years, but we really weren't doing too much with it. We've gotten a lot more active with it in the last uh, few weeks. Um, we've brought someone also new into Rockstar that's helping us out. His name is Alex. Maybe we'll have, have him on the podcast and talk about that. But anyway, we're doing more on Instagram. Uh, you can find us on Instagram also at Rockstar Inner Circle. If you just search up Rockstar Inner Circle, um, or Rockstar Real Estate, you'll probably find us. But Rockstar Inner Circle is the account, and uh, you can find us on Instagram. So that's it. Let's get started with Dave Penyak. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are, oh yeah, we're, we're Dave, we are live. Dave, come in Dave from Los Angeles. Can you hear me? It's Tom from Toronto. Dave, don't uh, lose your headphones. Don't lose it, your... What's, 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 what's going on? Can you hear me? What, <laughs> what? 
Anyways, hey, yes, hello, Tom. Hello. Dave, thanks for doing this. So uh, Dave Penyuk is on the line with us. And Dave, I don't, uh, you know, we are in April now. And uh, I know you're living, uh, you're, 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 I'm talking to you from Los Angeles. So you might not be aware of this, but the Toronto Maple Leafs are in the playoffs. Ah! And the Vancouver Canucks, I don't know. Did they make, I can't remember. Did they make it into the playoffs? Did they? I don't oh, recall. We're, start, we're starting. I, I don't recall. Nasty here, Tom. I mean, to go. Oh, gosh. Um, that's all. Man, look, as a Leaf fan, that's, these are the little bits of nasty I get to use. This is all we have, man. This is all we have. You know what the worst part of this is? Is that I can, basically, I can no longer call them the laughs. They have a future. You're right. They, they have, have a future. They're, we they're, have a future. They're in the they're in the future. This is I mean it's present. They're they're kicking yeah, ass yeah, and yeah, taking totally. games and, and unfortunately my Canucks are doing the exact opposite. I mean the only thing that's was was the two main things about the Canucks this year. One is that the the Sedins had a beautiful, awesome retirement. Uh, that was so incredible. I don't know if you That was cool. Yes, that. I watched. Yes. And and then Brock Besser coming out of nowhere. Oh I mean, my gosh, you guys are so lucky. Team, totally. Right? So, so that's that's you know all I can be kind of excited about with the Canucks this year, but yeah, I gotta hand it to the to the formerly uh, the Leafs, formerly known as well, you, the Laps. But uh, you know what's crazy? Doing... It feels like in this era, it feels like the evolution of hockey. You know, when the salary cap came in, that kind of leveled the playing field. But because of the salary cap, all these teams have had to get younger and younger and younger mm-hmm. because you can't afford to pay the older guys what you used to pay them. And now all of a sudden, it seems like the Vancouver Canucks can have a huge turnaround next year. Because who would have thought the Leafs hit rock bottom for what is it, sixty years? No, I mean like two. <laughs> I mean like two or three years or whatever, right? Yeah, and then yeah. turn around. So it just feels like in the modern NHL, geez, you guys might be right back at it next year. You just can, you never know, right? You yeah, won't you won't be as good year. as the Leafs, but I mean you might have a hope, right? Yeah, yeah, and that is you know to that be was fair, the, that is, that's one of the exciting things about the Sedins retiring. It's kind of the only exciting thing is that. Like they had, they took up 14 million in cap space, right? And and while they're great players and they've been the the leaders and the, the whole franchise for the last 17 years, basically, um, we do have a whole bunch of room for youth and we have a whole bunch of really awesome young guys coming in. So next year we're not going to be that much better, but you know I think in two or three years, if if management does what they need to do, kind of like the Leafs did, you know, four or five years ago, uh, we could have a really really good team in in three four years. But it's it's going to take a little bit. Yeah, it'll be yeah. But um, okay, Dave, how did we meet each other? I know. How- I think I remember how we met each other. Like if I go all the way back, um, do you know how we met each other? I'll, t- I'll 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 go. You go first. I'll go. First. I'll go first. Okay. I'll go. I'll go first. Okay. So my recollection is that um, we f- we first found out about you guys uh, when Revenue, uh, Julie and, and my wife, uh, our business, our real estate investing education company started going. Um, or we started even just writing newsletters, sorry, like email newsletters uh, in 2006. So we started researching Canadian real estate investors, Canadian real estate investing, education, so folks on Canada. And there was very few out there. Uh, but your guys' is the, the, rent estate, the real estate renegades came up, uh, you and, and Nick. And so I think we reached out to you at some point through just through an email um, to learn a little bit more about you guys. and But I don't remember when we first actually physically met, but that's what I recall how we at least learned about 
each other. Yeah, so we were this. Uh, so it's similar then because I remember at one point I was watching the traffic on our real estate renegades website, and one day there was a little bit of an abnormal spike, and somehow I connected it to the National Post, and I grabbed this article in the National Post, and some journalist had written about like the six real estate websites in Canada where you could get good information and ours was listed on there just randomly with a little description of us and I think you guys were listed on there as well so I went to your website Rev and you and I, and I thought oh my gosh who are like who are these guys and you know what they look like they know what they're doing <laughs> you know, when you, you know, these guys really looking at like they know what they're doing. And I think shortly after that is when you sent the email or, you know, the email went back and forth, but we had never, we were, we were so blinders on. We didn't know you guys were out there doing your thing. Um, but revenue was well developed at that point. I already feel like you guys had tons of articles and it felt like a lot of education being offered on your website. So you're right. I think it was right around the same time, but that's how I discovered it uh, through a national post article. Right, right, yeah, yeah. right. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I know for us, it, it would have been around like 2006, we started writing our email newsletter article, just family and friends started out with, you know, 10, 10 family and friends that we sent uh, the first few revenue uh, articles to. Uh, and it was around that time that we started, like I say, yeah, researching. Yeah. And so I don't know. Yeah, I probably could go through my emails and try and find something that I wrote you guys. It probably I, it might have been 2006, maybe even 2007. But it was around 2007 where we started to turn it into an actual business. 2006 was more just, hey, you know, don't don't own crack houses you know that kind of information <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah that's what take, uh, take it from the pros <laughs> 2006 was more, right when we started to we signed up our first like member in 2006 and i think in 2006 we signed up maybe eight members total so we, that was just us kind of getting started as well 2007 was our first full year so yeah it's similar similar timeline timelines okay i gotta know how did you guys what who pulled who into real estate was it you or we're going to have Julie on this podcast so we can get into Julie's story in more detail. And I know a lot of people know you guys who are listening to this, but who pulled who, like, what was that transition? Uh, basically, oh, of course, uh, we've got, I don't know if you can hear our recycling truck outside of our, I can, our I building. Can hear it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all good. You're going to hear my whole family come home in a second. So we're good. <laughs> So uh, who pulled who? So I had already been an investor um, when Julie and I met. I bought my first property um, with my parents. Um, we kind of co-owned it, uh, an investment property when I was 19. And so I'd, I'd already owned real estate for, I don't know, seven, eight years by the time I met Julie. And her parents had invested in some real estate, but she hadn't. And so when we met, we started dating. And within probably a year of dating, we, we'd already bought our, our first investment property together. Um, so I kind of started it, but then when we started dating, Julie read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which of course everybody has, has heard of uh, Robert Kiyosaki. And she had literally just started reading that or finished reading that right when we started dating. And she's like, I, I want to get into real estate investing um, and, uh, and I want to retire, at least be my own boss by the time I'm 35 or retire rich or something by the time I'm 35. Um, she always has big goals and awesome goals to, to go for. And so she kind of brought me back into thinking about it because I'd completely kind of Stop! I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have any money. I was, you know, paying off debt. I was just living the life. How, uh, how old? How old were you at that point? Do you remember uh, when when Julie and I met? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or or started thinking about investing. Yeah. Uh, I was twenty. Uh, 
28 i believe okay. and she okay. was 23 got it so she's five okay. years younger than me yeah. so yeah so she kind of was like hey i want to get into investing she knew that i had already bought an investment property and, and kind of been overseeing it um and her parents were already had done some investing my parents had done some investing over the years so that's so she kind of brought me back into thinking about it and then so that was 2001 we bought our first property we actually closed on our first property it was a foreclosure uh, we closed on our first property. Uh, we went to court for it because it was a foreclosure, and it, we literally closed on it um, or got the official, you know, it's your property uh, on September 11th, 2001. No so way! Oh my God! The, what a yeah, freaky so time! Yeah, that's it a was freaky insane. Time. Where and, was that? You know, what city? Where were you? That was that was in Nanaimo, uh, British. That was Columbia, Nanaimo, and it was that where you already had the the property since you were 19. Was that also in Nanaimo? Yes. Okay. Yeah, got which it. is where I I was born and raised, so okay. I knew the market. So well. you guys met each other out there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We That's met each right. other. That's right. I forgot about that. You guys met each other out there and then you somehow eventually ended up in Toronto for for a job or something? Her job? No? Do I have No, that? for her MBA. Oh, that's Julie, what it was. Julie got went it. went to, to Schulich, uh, York University for her MBA. So she got into a few different MBA schools. We'd been dating at that time for around a year, year and a bit. And she she really liked what Schulich had to offer. She did real estate and finance, uh, her MBA in. Um, so she's like, I'm going to move to Toronto. And I was like, uh, can okay. I go with you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go to Toronto because I'm a BC boy, but uh, I wanted to be with Julie, uh, being a little, you know, uh, puppy dog, lost, uh, lost a lonely puppy dog. So I followed Julie out to Toronto and I was already working uh, at the time. I, I mean, I got a job in Toronto, but she, yeah, she went out for school. So that's why we went to Toronto. Got it. So she finishes school and then do you guys go right away into real estate? Uh, like Revenue, what's the transition from her school into Revenue? Was it years so, in between, I guess? Um, it was, you can just say revenue, Tom. You don't have to say rev and you. I know Sorry. that's what Sorry. we spell it. Yeah, revenue. You're right. I think that's revenue. the way I remember it in my mind. But yeah, yeah I got yeah. it. Yeah, I came up with the both clever and, and extremely SEO non-friendly uh, name, <laughs> revenue, R-E-V-N-Y-O-U. Um, because you want to put the rev in you, right? Like you want to put yeah, the. I get it. I think that's why I remember it that way. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, got yeah, it. yeah. And and it's so funny because years later, people would say revenue. Oh, I love that name. It's so catchy and interesting. And and then other people are like, oh, that's a stupid name because you can't spell it right. You don't know. They can't find you. And SEO, you know, search engine optimization, all that crap can't find you. And so Julie, of course, was forever pissed off at me <laughs> afterwards realizing because we didn't know anything about the web back in 2006 2007 right so <laughs> you're speaking anyway, so, you're speaking to people who started the brokerage called rockstar dave so yeah we we we, we get it we know where you're coming from we're, we're you we know get it. we get it yeah you know oh uh, so uh, yeah so once we so once we moved out to toronto uh in the beginning of 2002 we bought uh we bought one or two properties back in Nanaimo before we moved out to uh, Toronto. And then um, she finished her degree and we'd started investing in, in Ontario. So we bought a, a couple of properties in Toronto um, and we started to buy a couple of properties in Niagara Falls. And, oh yeah, uh, that's right. I forgot about the Niagara Falls. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's what yeah. we're famous for is, is owning a, a crack house. <laughs> um, 
but you know, to be fair, you guys were you guys had no fear. You buy uh, you bought a crack house, um, and, but you I also you were. Time, but it I, turned into when we owned it. <laughs> but you also did some advanced stuff because you also I, did. Do I remember this correctly? Didn't you do an assignment of a condo or something? And yes. I, and and to me, that's an advanced real estate move. Like you know, most I think over the years now, people are maybe more familiar and in the investor community definitely. But I think when you were starting out and doing that kind of thing, that wasn't that was only you read about that in books. I didn't really meet a lot of people who were doing assignments. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, we did. We we took a bunch of courses um, when we really started to ramp up buying, and because we were trying to just how do we buy more real estate, right? With when you know, like everybody, limited, uh, limited credit, limited uh, capital, limited resources, all that stuff. So we, I took a bunch of good old Ray Whitney. Uh, it was Russ Whitney. Russ Whitney yeah, courses. Yeah. I remember the name. Yeah, Russ Whitney. Um, it eventually became Tigrant Learning or something. Oh, that's like that. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he kept getting sued, so he had to keep changing his name. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> the name of his company. Um, anyway, so uh, so what happened is we started taking these courses, and you know the ten thousand dollar courses, learn everything, you know, no money down real estate, and you know I just went for it, and so I I bought a couple of properties, no money down, like he taught. Um, like zero, zero of my own capital. Um, you know, I bought, I did uh, one assignment, um, which was actually in Hamilton. No, not Hamilton. Um, where the heck was it? I don't even remember now. Uh, Brantford? Was it in Brantford? It was in Brantford, actually, of all places. Uh, no, Oshawa. Oshawa. There we go. I, I, memory, this is from, this is 16, 17 years ago now. So I learned all these American techniques, right? Um, that, of course, all the U.S. Um, education companies companies come up to Canada and think it's the same way to do real estate, but I was able to do them, right? So I did these various risky techniques. Julie, of course, wanted no part of, of any of them, particularly the Niagara Falls properties, um, because they were shitholes, for lack of a better word, which is how I got them no money down. Um, so yeah, we just uh, we just went, went for it, right? So we bought kind of traditional financing. We bought some with CMHC financing that we moved into, um, like so only 5% down. And then we bought some very risky properties and did assignments. So we kind of did all these different things um, early on. Um, and then after, at one point I owned, and then we, we started in, uh, invest with investors. We started, we started finding joint venture partners. Um, and after we bought kind of maybe 12 properties or so then we, we were like you know what we need to teach people we need to at least tell people the rights and wrongs of real estate investing because holy crap have we ever been on a roller coaster ride so that would have been around 2006 so together we'd been investing for about five years together and we were at like 12 12 or 13 properties that we had owned at that point um, we thought now's a good time to start telling people hey real estate investing is great but it can be you know just painful Painful and Brutal. you can make so many wrong Costly. moves. And... Yeah. <laughs> it's the now, old... It sounds like you you know something about this, Tom. Oh, man. Just last <laughs> night, literally last night on one of our properties, we got a call um, You know that it's going to need a new furnace. And I just kind of like, like today, that's not a big deal. But, you know, when we were starting out in our 20s, if we got a call that, you know, well, we wouldn't have got the call because the tenants would have called us directly and there would have been this big panic situation and we'd be going down with space heaters and don't let the pipes burst and, you know, oh my God. And I'd call Nick, holy crap, what's going on? And the, the whole bit. But uh, it's the only business where you really seem to get unexpected problems that you can't schedule. You know, other businesses have seasons. You know, like if you're in retail, you know the Christmas season is going to be a bit busier and you can kind of staff up for it and stuff. With real estate, just always unexpected. 
you know, you always get those calls. There's no advance warning. Um, so just yeah. yesterday we got one of those where it looks like we need a new furnace. It's no big deal. I mean, we, you know, we save up for each property so that each property has enough funds and we're going to go spend the 2,500 bucks or whatever it's going to cost us to get that yeah. new furnace. It's already scheduled actually. So it's already all taken care of, but, nice. uh, it's just a business that has crazy stuff. I remember one yeah. time I was on vacation with the family. We had a water uh, heater burst in a property. Nick went down with an HVAC machine, was sucking up the water into the HVAC machine and calling me while I was on vacation just saying, I just want to let you know, while you're on vacation, I'm here at this rental sucking up water <laughs> and I have, I'm have i waiting for like you know the water heater guys to come and swap it out. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you this before. We had a situation also with another property where a sewage backup was happening. We had plumbers on site already, but the sewage backup was actively happening when the plumbers (laughs) were on site. We just put in a new furnace in this property and the sewage, and I'm talking shit, started coming from the up from the sewer and started flowing. Uh, It wasn't super deep, but you know, it was a nice flow to the furnace. (laughs) Nick literally goes onto the floor, puts his hand out like a two by four and makes like a dam and sweeps the the gushing flow back towards the sewer and the plumber, there's two plumbers there. I'll never forget this to this day. The two plumbers look at me, Dave, and they say, we've seen a lot of stuff. We've never seen anyone do what your brother just did, you know, and then he's taking a paper towel and cleaning himself down. It was totally gross. But uh, wow. anyway, I, yeah, I'm not even sure. Nick that, is, that is insane of, of Nick. to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All for the furnace, not the new furnace, you know, and he dives oh across God. the floor. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, uh, we had, see, this just shows how, how crazy your brother is. That he would do that, right? So we had a similar situation in, in one of our properties in Toronto that, that one of your investors actually bought from us. And uh, that, that property, we lived upstairs and we rented out the basement suite. And um, the basement suite, so I don't know what happened, but eventually we get this note, uh, a call from our tenant downstairs and he says, uh, hey guys, there's every once in a while there's a little bit of, of, of brown stuff coming up from the drain. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> like he didn't even say shit he, or, or whatever. He just said, there's some brown stuff coming up from the, the drain at the, the on the floor. And I just want to let you guys know. And we're like, oh, uh, well, what? how long has this been going on? And he's like, oh, a few weeks maybe. And I'm oh, like, God. weeks? He goes, yeah, I just take the broom and I sweep, sweep oh. it back into it basically. And I'm like, why did you tell me earlier? And he's like, well, I didn't want to bother you. I was like, oh, my God. Anyway, so we, we got it fixed up. It was, I mean, a, a huge ordeal after that. But um, the fact that your brother went in with his arm and swept it oh, back. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah. I had a tenant at least doing it yeah, with yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a broom, right? Yeah, yeah. You guys were at the next level. Dave, that's next level stuff. You that know, is we had, next you, level. But, um... <laughs> so then when you guys, over the years, you guys have done so much, and I, we don't have to rehash it all in detail, but you went on to start you know, educating um, Canadians on how to invest. You started doing a lot of joint ventures and helping, doing them personally, helping people with joint ventures. What, what, was there any differences between, I'm curious, between joint venture partners in Toronto versus joint venture people, you know, in Alberta or British Columbia? Because you ended up, you guys ended up moving back to Nanaimo. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. how many years ago we that moved, was. Yeah, we moved, we moved from Toronto to uh, Vancouver. Uh, that would have been in 2006. So we were in Toronto for almost five years. And then we moved to Vancouver in 2006. And then we ended up moving to Nanaimo in 2011. We kind of do these five-year okay. stints everywhere we go. Yeah, because we're going to talk about Los Angeles in a second here. But that's yeah. kind of that's kind of cool. Was it, did real estate 
Um, just so before I get to my question, did real estate help you guys make the move back to Vancouver? Like, were you guys, did that give you a little bit of freedom by that point or no? Were you guys um, look, did you move back to Vancouver to pick up different jobs? Like what were you doing back in Vancouver? Well, we moved back to Vancouver or, or the West coast, let's just say, cause we, we lived on Vancouver Island before, but we moved back to Vancouver cause I told Julie when we moved to Toronto, like I'm agreeing to go to Toronto with you. Um, I, I need to come back to BC. Like I just, I yeah, love British it. Columbia and, yeah. and, and I'm a, a Vancouver Island boy and a BC boy. And, and, uh, and that's where we met and everything like that. And she loved it. Her parents had moved to BC. They're from Alberta originally. So we, we, um, yeah, we just moved out to BC because I just, I just had to get yeah, back yeah. to okay. nature for lack of a better word and, and family. Um, so yeah, so it wasn't real estate that, that pushed us to go there. In fact, Julie almost weekly tells me how pissed off she is that we didn't buy more in Ontario. Yeah, well, she's not the only the one who was pissed off that she, you know, they didn't buy more. Yeah, because the market there just, as you know, just keeps going and going and going. Whereas in BC, we get a little bit more, you know, ups and downs, I find, than, than, than what you guys have in Ontario. And I think a lot of that's to do with you know, the, the Asian influence uh, buying in Vancouver and then kind of all those surrounding areas are influenced by that and the market is influenced by that. And then we don't have the same sort of population um, stability. Like we have big population, but we don't have the, the same density that Toronto has um, to influence things so greatly. So um, uh, we get a lot more of that ebb and flow. And anyway, so my point is that, yeah, we moved to BC mostly just to get back to um, cool. be- beautiful British Columbia. Got it. And then um, any differences between working with people from the Toronto area versus anyone from Alberta or British Columbia when you were doing your joint venture stuff? Like, did you notice any differences in just the mentality of people or is, are Canadians Canadians? And when you're doing joint ventures, it didn't matter where they were from. Uh, I, you know, most of our joint venture partners are, are from or, or currently live in British Columbia. So I couldn't really speak to other we've got a couple of investors that are outside of BC, but not a big enough sample size to kind of tell you um, whether there's difference in their mentality, but there's definitely a difference in mentality in terms of the clients that we worked with on the education side. Um, The Ontario, anytime we put on an event in Toronto or Ottawa, well, maybe not Ottawa, but definitely in Toronto, they were just so enthusiastic and positive. Um, the, the clients that came to our, our workshops, or even if we had an ongoing coaching program and we had people that were in and around Ontario versus you know any other province, they were always more optimistic and go for it attitude in Ontario. We found, whereas anywhere else, um, it was it was more conservative, um, more barriers they were putting up, uh, that sort of thing. So we really always loved doing our workshops in Ontario because the mindset was just so positive and excited. Um, not that it wasn't quite as much in BC or, or Alberta. Uh, I think we yeah, did no, one hear, in Manitoba. Yeah, I hear what yeah. you're saying. I wonder if any of that is just because of the sheer volume of immigration immigrants that come into this area. Like, I wonder if there's this like immigrant mentality in Ontario where you're either a first generation, you're new to Canada or your, your parents were definitely immigrants. Whereas maybe in the rest of Canada, if you're, if you, you know, it's your several generations in as a Canadian, maybe the, maybe the hunger to achieve something new is not there. I wonder if there's any of that kind of influence. And I, I, yeah, neither of us will really know, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean, that's an inter- yeah, it's an interesting way to look at it. And well, it you know why? Because surprise me if that well, was the case. Well, we notice a lot um, just of the investors we continue to work with that if they are new to Canada, there's a hunger 
Like they're willing to do what it takes. You know, when we talk about, you know, we just shared like some brief little horror stories and I say brief because I'm sure you have more and we definitely have lots more, (laughs) but um, there's been a lot of benefits. I shouldn't just always laugh about the negative stuff. There's huge benefits as we both know to real estate, but um, uh, the, the, the people that are new to Canada really have like an hunger about them like they're going to achieve we've worked with many people that immigrated in there's this one couple i'm thinking about specifically they immigrated into winnipeg they end up coming to toronto um and they were going to buy like a franchise and save up to buy a franchise instead they saved up that money and used it for uh, the first couple properties they've turned that now into i think they're over 20 properties um and that's their business wow. like yeah, yeah it's been incredible and they've done this for 10 years so you can imagine the appreciation and the equity build up and that kind of thing um yeah. but they really nothing would ever phase them nothing mm. would phase them like they they would have problems and they barely even let us know about them they just went off and handled them which always just amazed us, you know? Yeah. And I always think that just if you have the right mentality with stuff and you put it in the right direction, like real estate's obviously a good direction and you're positive about it, man, it's a it's a really good, you know, it's a good vehicle. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, immigra- new to the country, definitely there seems to be a bit of a fire in those people automatically. Not that there's anything yeah. wrong with people who are not new. I just mean there seems like an ingrained fire a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, I, I don't know if you want to switch over to, to L.A., but I was going to say that's yeah, a, a perfect segue. Yeah, definitely want to switch, into, uh, switch over to L.A. Because I you know, know. I, 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 yeah, yeah. So how's how's Justin Bieber? How is he? Because I know you guys <laughs> hang out. You probably hang out all the time. Yeah, the Cardano. Yeah, I've Tell actually, to... I've, I've been teaching him how to grow a, grow facial hair. Have you? Um, okay, yeah. You're starting uh, your... it, it, It's a struggle, man. He's He's got that baby face, and I don't know if he'll ever be able to get enough testosterone in him to, to grow proper facial hair. You, you know what? Um, I get, we're going to talk about LA in a second, but if you're listening to this, you don't know. Dave and I saw each other just a few weeks ago in San Diego. Uh, you were kind enough to come down from LA and meet us in San Diego at that conference. I know Julie was going to the, to the conference there, and... I had such a blast on those freaking electric scooters that we yeah. did. I looked back at the video that you took. So San Diego, if you're not aware, because we weren't, randomly has electric scooters scattered all over the city. And there are no known rhyme or reason to them. And you can just uh, use an app on your phone and the electric scooter unlocks. You can take it to wherever you want to go. And then you just leave it at the front of a store. And someone else can then grab it from there. And there's like, I don't know how many, I guess there's several hundred scooters or something all around San Diego. But after dinner one night, we didn't know we were going to do this. Six of us get on these scooters and we turned into the scooter gang. And we started (laughs) racing through a parking garage. Is this normal for forty-year-old men to do this kind of stuff? I don't. I, oh, it is out here. Yeah, it is out here. Probably not not uh, in uh, Oakville or Burlington or, or even no, Toronto. No, no, but it was uh, that was that was fun. And going through that closed mall, you know, the, the little mall oh, that was closed and whipping through there. Yeah, I was explaining to my wife what we were doing later. I guess that night or next day or whenever. And I was, as I'm explaining it, I was just laughing to myself, like, "Who does this?" And I thought we were going so fast, but then I watched your videos online, and it looked like we were going slow as so slow, like a molasses. Okay, those, <laughs> yeah. but they did get up to 15 miles an hour. But they anyway, did get up to 15 miles an hour, uh, which is. 20 about 25 kilometers an yeah. hour that's that's pretty good and racing down a parking garage that that added an extra mile for sure but uh yeah so how the how'd you go why la what what, what was it because you like i know but let's i, I just want to hear it yeah so um this is going back to my my segue which then you of course interrupted of with course not a segue, I wanted... but a scooter nice nice uh, there's another segue on segue 
Um, just full of it today. Totally. Uh, but no, what I wanted to, to point out was that um, it, it's a nice tie back to you talking about, you know, immigrants coming into Canada or any country for that matter. And they often have this hunger, you know, to, to, to make it, to, to succeed, to, to, to do what they need to do. And they'll do whatever, you know, including... Uh, I mean, Nick's not an immigrant, but, you know, wiping shit uh, down, uh, keeping it away from the furnace. But, you know, they're willing to do whatever it takes to, to make it right. And so they're not complacent. Right. And and they're not they're not comfortable or, or, or they they do, they don't they push beyond comfort. Right. Totally. Yes. And so um, as as Canadians, you know, we have a pretty pretty damn good right like canada is a great country it's it's comfortable it's you know the medical system while it's slow and it's flawed you know it's it it works it's easy it's all that stuff um things are very different in the states but uh my point of all that is that um i'm an actor now and i started getting into acting about five years ago um when i actually turned 40 and um if, if anybody's wondering how how the hell did i decide to get into acting at 40 years old well I, I acted a lot when I was younger did lots of filming and stuff with the, the old Betamax uh, video cameras and stuff with my buddies so I always had a passion for it and I loved it and then just you know grew up got into going to school did my graduate degree all that stuff and just you know life took over and I forgot about it and uh, thanks to real estate and real estate investing um, when I was 40 I was actually kind of bored with my life and uh, not bored but just you know I'd, yeah I get I'd, it totally it's like I, I only work about 15 hours a week like what else and Julie had a good chat with me right around Christmas um, going into my 40th year or was my 40th year she said what do you want to do like you know what sort of what, what are you really passionate about and uh, I said well I've always wanted to be a rock star or a uh, an actor she's like well you don't play any uh, musical instruments you know you're not that bit of a singer to be honest so and I was like well yeah an actor like she said well why don't you do it and I was like ah uh, well I don't I don't know what to do right and so anyways long story short uh, I started taking classes and and then I started going out you know auditioning for just these little you know uh, student um, film projects and and indie you know crappy indie projects and stuff and it just kind of took off from there um, so so the complacency that I, I'm referring to with with you know you know, the story you brought up in terms of immigrate immigration and immigrants and, and, and all and that drive is that I was becoming complacent in my life at, at forty, right? And I was comfortable. I was I was just like comfortable. Like things are good. Like we've got enough money to enjoy life. You know, we're not rich or any uh, any stretch of the imagination, but we have a very comfortable life. Um, so that was kind of the start of it. And then starting to act in Vancouver um, was great and uh, and it was a good learning point, but. I didn't find that it was going to push me hard enough because uh, it just it, it's not the mecca of, of, of acting, right? It, it's L.A. is. And so I felt and there's also not a lot of comedy in, in, in terms of roles in Vancouver where there's tons of comedy in L.A. and comedy is a little bit more my forte. And Julie said, well, if you want to you know, be great at this, like let's go where you can be great and, and we're better placed in L.A. Now, there's way more competition down here. There's way more actors. There's way more, but there's also way more opportunities. Um, and there's no ceiling in L.A. There's definitely a ceiling in terms of what you can do as an actor in Vancouver um, because it's all American money coming in. And so they want to hire Americans mostly and bring them up to Vancouver and that sort of stuff. So we got to the point where we're just like, you know what, like 
I'm comfortable in Vancouver. Like the acting I was doing was going well and I was getting lots of auditions for small parts and, and all sorts of stuff, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough for me to, I was comfortable with it and I could have stayed that way forever if I wanted, but I wanted more than that. I wanted to push through the barrier. And so coming to LA is like, was terrifying and scary and very costly. I don't even want to get into that um, in terms of how we got down here. But um, yeah, it was just, it was just pushing through that, comfortable level that complacency um and that all stemmed from from being real estate investors and quitting our jobs 12 whatever years ago to become like full-time investors and then investors and uh, investing educators that's crazy you know we you you know we always talk about living life on your terms you're you're you guys are like the definition of it like to take to me it's not about money. Like, I don't think I'm going to be 90 years old looking back and saying, oh my gosh, well, thankfully I made that much money. You know, it's going <laughs> yeah. to be about family. It's going to be about the experiences. It's going to be yeah. the, about the growth. And did I take advantage of the opportunities in front of me that I wanted to take? So I feel like you are so fortunate to have Julie kind of push you and egg you on like that. And, and you to have the courage, like I can't even imagine the fear that went through you when you went into your first acting class in LA. Like it must've been scary enough, like in BC or your first audition in LA. Because, you know, you're a Canadian. You're not from L.A. This is all yeah. foreign territory to you. And yeah. when you walked into that first audition there, as scary as it was in B.C., I'm sure it was a lot weirder in L.A., you know. And for you to you guys to push through that, just so you know from the outside, there's a lot of people, including ourselves, who look at that and just kind of give you that, that you know, that little golf clap, like nicely done. You know, like way yeah, to go. Right. No, really, right, like right. way to go. Like, Thank you. It's very cool to see. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah, I just can't say enough about it. I don't feel, I feel like people will never do what, what they really want to do. So to see the few people who do, it's amazing. And I'm sure, I think just by you sharing this brief little story of you, you, you know, your life story, but really briefly, I'm sure someone's listening to this and it's going to encourage them to do something they never thought possible. Truly. Like I honestly mean that and believe it hundred percent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, how long and I, you guys haven't been so in too, LA right? long? Because how? I, you know, I don't, I don't share this to, you know, to, to build my ego or yeah, something yeah, I totally. share because in the hopes that other people go after their dreams, right. And go after something that they're truly passionate about. I mean, there's always the joke that, Oh, I'm passionate about real estate. Are you, are you yeah. really passionate about, yeah, yeah. you know, wiping up somebody else's shit? No. Are you passionate about passionate that? About diving in front of a furnace? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Are you, yeah. are you passionate about getting that two in the morning phone call yeah. from your, your, totally. uh, your tenant that is, you know, wielding a butter knife at, at the, their fellow roommate tenant and you're supposed to like break it up like the cops or something. No, I don't think you're passionate about that. <laughs> I think we would have got out of real estate if we didn't kind of, you know, stumble into this, um, where we're, we have, um, you know, members that we get to work with. If we didn't see the greater kind of growth that, you know, you know how it was when you're educating people and helping people. If we were just buying and selling properties and that kind of stuff, I'm not sure we would even be still in real estate ourselves. It's right. only because there's a greater purpose of like, oh my gosh, I really think we can help a lot of people just like you guys were doing it. That's kept us in it this long because mm -hmm. you're right. Like who wants to, you know, no one, no one wakes up and has the dream. I'm going to be a landlord. Yeah. <laughs> no one has that dream no or maybe they do for six months when they learn about real estate but it expires yeah. really quickly oh you know? yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. so you, uh um you've been in la for what a year and a bit no uh, just shy of a year it'll be, it'll be a, a year uh in may early may 
Yeah. And then what do you have a certain thing? Like, are you auditioning for just like anything that comes your way? Like, how does it work? Like, how do you find additions? Do you are they published somewhere? Do you have do you hire someone that says, get me into a Like, how does it work? Yeah. So, I mean, there's lots of different ways to kind of get auditions or at least look for auditions. But um, generally speaking, you want to have an agent or a manager and that agent or manager um, in Canada, it's just agents in, in the States, it's agents and managers. Um, a manager basically is, is kind of there to get you into to, to auditions, but also to kind of manage your career. So make sure that you're kind of um, making the right choices with, with the types of parts that you're going for. Right. Whereas an agent will just um, just get you into every single sure, possible got it. thing okay. that they can. Okay. Um, and it's all based on what you book. So if you book a role and it's a paid role, your agent in, in the States, usually it's 10%. They get 10% of whatever that pay is. So say it's a thousand dollar, you know, you got a, usually a day player. So you go in and for like a few lines on a show, it's like a thousand bucks, give or take maybe 1500 bucks, um, for that day player role. So if you book that, then your agent will get in the States, will get about 10% of that. Right. So 100 bucks or 150. Um, but they don't get paid for submitting you for all these others. Got they it. only okay. get paid when okay. you get paid. Got it. Okay. Right. And then the manager is the same thing where they get about 10% as well. Um, so if you have an agent and a manager, then they both get 10%. So I have a manager in the States, but I have an agent in Canada. Got it. Um, so they, they will find you the roles um, to try and they, so, so, so they get notified by uh, the, casting director so say um for the new star wars movie um star wars puts out a you know we have this type of a role we've got a, a 35 to 45 year old male he looks like an every man every everyday kind of man um uh good acting chops you know maybe has a good sense of humor has maybe done some improv you know is around this size sometimes they say size sometimes they don't you know is 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 any ethnicity whatever then they'll submit that out and then all the managers and agents Got you know yeah. across the country but really in la will get that and they'll say oh i wow. want to submit dave for that right and they can submit me, but doesn't mean that I'll get an audition, right? Because then the casting director will go through it online and they'll look at all the pictures and the resumes of all these different people and go, ah, of these hundred people that have been submitted, I'll get these ten people to come in for an audition. Are you? You mentioned improv there. You're not actually doing improv as well to like hone your skills, are you? Yes. Yeah, I definitely that's, am. You're, so you're, how, you just started that in LA or back in? That's crazy. No, I started it in Vancouver. Um, just taking classes. I don't. I don't. I don't go on the stage at this point. I'm still learning, learning how to do Im proper improv. Um, it's one of the funniest things about improv is that improv probably has more rules to it than acting does, right? Like a lot of people think improv. Well, you just yeah, get really. Up there and I, I thought you it was guys so casual. Shit about stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I are improving right now, uh, and we are, but we're not doing it in the traditional sense of how good improv is done. And there's all these sorts of rules and things you need to do for improv. So yeah, I'm taking, I took classes, um, a bunch of classes in Vancouver and at the ICI or Vancouver Theater Sports League. And now in uh, LA, I'm taking a bunch of classes through the Groundlings. And the Groundlings um, is one of the world's most famous um, improv uh, companies. And they, you know, like people like uh, Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy and all these like giant, awesome comedians that you know of today a lot of them came through the groundlings. So Got I'm it. following in their footsteps because they're it's it's hard training, but it's it's really, really good. So yeah, I'm doing it for improv purposes because I love it, but also for acting. 
Is this when we said we were going to try and meet in San Diego on like the Monday and you said, no, I can't come and see you because I have my class and I can't miss my class. Just yep. want to see where I am on the priority list. Okay. No, that's good. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's cool. I'm joking. Of course. But, uh, um, and then have you got any gigs in LA yet? Like how long does this take to start? Like, do you, do you go to for a hundred, like, do you go for a hundred and hopefully get one? Like, is there a ratio? Like my mind starts breaking it down. Like, how can I hack this? Like, do I just go, <laughs> do I just go for like 250 of these things and I get one because I've gone for 250? Like, how does yeah. it, is, is there a rule of thumb? The, the general rule of thumb, um, and I don't know if it's necessarily the same in LA, but in Vancouver, um, where I, you know, I got to know a lot of people, a lot of other actors and casting directors and, and directors. And I got to know a lot in Vancouver um, through all the auditions I went to and classes I went to and all that and, and things that I booked. I, it was about 20 to 1. That's a very, very loose guide. Of yeah, 20 yeah, of course. If you're, if you're but, a decent actor, if you're not booking once out of every 20 auditions, roughly, you know, and that can, that can skew, right? It could be 30 or 40 and then you book maybe one, then maybe you do 10 more and then you get, but on average one in 20, that's, and that's commercial or TV and film. Yeah. So, got it. Okay. Um, about one in 20 and, and that's pretty close to, that's around where I was for, for paid gigs. Now, non-paid gigs, so indie films that they don't pay, web series, um, some student films, your ratio should be way higher than 1 in 20, which mine was. Got it, because they're um, still putting out requests for actors. Like uh, indie well, film? Indie films and like low or no budget indie films and, and like – like no budget or low budget web series and that sort of stuff, you know, they don't have, they don't pay people. So a lot of the, the more established actors, they're not going to go out for those. Right. Cause they're like, well, I'm not going to get paid for it. So I'm not going to do it. So your, your ratio should be higher, right? Like they're not going to get a hundred people in for audition and they might only. Yeah. Get okay. And then what, is, is there one moment that stood out for you so far? Like, have you done something where you're like, I can't actually believe I'm doing this. Like, is there any moment that has st you stood out? Like I know this is all fairly uh, new to you, but it, has there been? I've I mean, there, I mean, there's been there's been tons there's been tons of of crazy um, things like both on set and just going to auditions. Like a, a, a quick story is so we lived in on Vancouver Island, which I don't know if a lot of your listeners know the difference between Vancouver Island and Vancouver. Um, but Vancouver Island, the only way you can get to Vancouver is by um, flying over or by a ferry you cannot there's no there's no there's no bridge to drive across so it's, it's a bit of a, it's either costly to take a plane over 100 bucks each way or to take a very slow ferry and it takes about three and a half hours with the ferry and driving to, to get to vancouver is, the, so not, is that the ferry nick took where he said he's never been on a ferry that went perpendicular before and he almost threw up because it was so crazy okay <laughs> yeah okay he, that's that he, ferry. i think i think he shit himself a little bit on yeah that totally, totally we see a theme um, there's a theme yeah and um, so he, so he, I'm thinking of Nick again and wiping the shit. Yeah, there's a theme with Nick for sure. Um, <laughs> he can't, he's not here to defend No, himself. totally. We got him. Um, but uh, yeah, so you have to take a ferry. So um, uh, the, the point of the story is I got an audition for commercial. So I'm like, oh, great. And commercials can pay fairly well, you know, anywhere from a thousand bucks to 20,000 bucks for like a day on set, right? It can be can be quite lucrative if you book these commercials so i had an audition for a commercial and i like i don't know if i flew over or what i can't remember if i took the ferry and either way you know it's not easy for me to go to auditions from from the island but i, I would do it because that's what i love doing and, and anyway so i got this audition for a commercial and with commercials there's not usually any any script or anything you just go there they tell you this is kind of what's happening and then just 
improvise basically like just do your thing in in the time and so i you know I, I took four hours to get over there you know probably cost me 30 bucks with a ferry and and bus rides or whatever the hell go to the audition there's you know 20 other guys there for the same role get up there and there's like okay we want you you're you're in a helicopter and this is like the casting director telling you you're in a helicopter and you look out the side of the, the helicopter window and you see a gorilla climbing up a, a large telephone pole and you just have this kind of look of, wow, like that's incredible. And that's it. <laughs> and they're oh, not saying, and, and literally, so they have 20 people or more come in and literally this is, okay, sit down and go. Thank you. And that was it. Like, I know your listeners can't see me, but literally I, I sat down and my, my audition was maybe five seconds, maybe five seconds. And just a look. How are they selecting anyone? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll never understand that whole WTF. Like, is that a filter? Right? Just like I'm selecting based on look of some sort. You come in just oh, yeah. so I can see your face. You have, you do the jaw drop moment where you look at the gorilla and get out of my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. is absolutely incredible. So, so literally, I used about eight hours of my life with a ferry and driving and doing all these things for a five-second audition, and that's it. Like, and and that's not that uncommon, right? Now, obviously, if you live locally, it's a little easier. Like in LA, I'm around a forty-five-minute drive from most of the auditions that I go to, so it's forty-five minutes one way, park, you know. So let's say an hour there and basically an hour back, so it's two hours instead of the eight hours it would take me from the island. So it's way shorter, but some of those auditions are that short, and you just wonder why, like, just book it off the headshot, book it off the demo reel. Looking it, it, back to back to the moment where you know Julie was saying, "Hey, Dave, you can do this. Like, go for it." Uh, has it been more or less scary? Because you've been you've done a lot of crazy things now. Like looking back, you know, you said you didn't know where to begin. You you told I, if I remember the conversation we just had, I think you said to Julie, yeah. "Well, I don't know where to go. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this." Now that you're at this stage. You've done a lot already. Uh, what what does it has it been harder, scarier? Oh yeah, all all of the above. Yeah, yeah. It's been so it's, it's like been, everything. It's better you don't been, know. It's better you yeah, don't know when you yeah. dive in. And it's also been way more rewarding than I thought it. In it what could way, be. in what way? Like personally, like your own personal Just personal growth? personal growth. Yeah. yeah, and and excitement. You know, like um, just like when you when you have an, a good audition or or you book a part. And, and you go out and you, you deliver it and the director's just like, that was awesome, you know, or, or hey, that was fantastic, but let's try it this way. And then you do it the other way and they're like, oh my God, that's perfect, you know, or just just hearing that, but also the feeling that you get um, when you really, uh, acting is, the best way to describe acting to, to people isn't that you're pretending to be someone else. That's not what acting is at all. What acting is, is you're opening yourself up and pulling out that part of you that fits that character in that moment and expressing that um, in that context. And so you're sharing a part of yourself through that character in the context of whatever that scene is versus I'm pretending to be some. So actually you're sharing you, you know, your inner part of yourself with, with the camera, with the audience. And, and, and most of us don't do that on a regular – most of us wear masks all totally. the time. Yeah. All the time, you know. How are you doing today? Yeah. And maybe you just uh, wipe shit up, right, yeah. with your yeah, sleeve. Yeah. yeah. I, I hate to go back to that, but it is a really it's good. funny it's thing. It's good. Um, but you say, "Oh, I'm fine," right? Right there, you're you're wearing a mask, right? And that's okay. Like that's what society's like. But as an actor, you don't have to. In, in fact, you're encouraged to 
get rid of that mask. And it's it's a, it's a safe environment to be really upset, yeah. either angry or or hateful or or sad, right? Or, or super joyful, right? And you don't on a day to day basis. We just don't. Experience you know what? That. That's so interesting because I recently a couple of my friends have said, "Hey, Tom, you and Nick are pretty lucky because in your business, uh, you guys can be you." in um, my business and they, you know, they're more in the corporate world. They're like, I really have a big mask. You know, I can't mm. really talk to you the way I'm talking to, we're talking right now. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's, it, I, it's, it's not fully me. Whereas I sense with your business it is, and I've always felt really grateful to that. Like, oh my gosh, like this is who we are. This, this is how it is. There's like really no mask. Yeah. But now you're making me think there's obviously layers. You know, oh, like there you has are, to be. yeah, 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 and it's something so simple that I just never really thought of it in this way. But you're making me reflect on that—that that it's just like, wow, you know, there's more layers to this. So to open yourself up like that must be just an awesome personal journey. So I can see now that you describe it like that, how it would be rewarding. Yeah, so. it is, and and it's one of those things that that most of us will go through life never, never getting experience that, right? And yeah. it's not just about acting, right? Acting no, is just one of those vehicles a, that you can do it, right? This is a life um, thing. This is yeah, a life and, thing. Uh, but it's it's incredible and it, it's it is just so much fun to yeah. like I like I really like to entertain people and, and, and make people laugh and if make them cry yeah, 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 make yeah. them get angry, right? That's just something that I've always loved doing. Um but I'm not a clown, right? Like I'm not somebody that is that class clown. I was never that way, but I always love to make people laugh and have fun and do interesting things. So again, acting is a great way to to impact people, right? Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, you've always been really who you are since the day one of meeting you, Dave. And that's rare. Like you don't, I don't feel like you've had, and I know we're talking about acting has different layers of a mask and stuff, but I just mean in general, it's been really cool running across you and Julie because you just are who you are. You know, from day one, you've been that way. And I, you're right. To your point, I don't think a lot of people in life, unfortunately, are going to get to live like that. And I, 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 that's where, although none of us dream of being a landlord, if you can find some vehicle to perhaps give you some financial stability, it does allow you to maybe open up in life a little bit, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting. Your journey, just you coming from BC to Toronto back and then down to LA, like what, like just on a map, that's such a cool journey to see. And I can't wait to see the next evolution you know, of both of you guys, as I mentioned, we're going to have Julie on soon to talk about what she's doing down in LA right now. But, uh, anyway, I, I think I've kept you already for longer than we even agreed to, but, uh, so how, uh, where can we find some of the stuff that you're up to? Is it Instagram, Facebook, you know, YouTube, yeah, do you, it, do you, are you posting stuff that we can watch? Cause I uh, the odd time I will see hilarious stuff about you. So recent, <laughs> recently in more makeup, I think recently were you all dolled up in some crazy makeup? No. Yeah, just as dressed as uh, the devil himself. Yeah, Lucifer. that's right. Okay, like, okay. I, like I didn't know, him. Dave. I didn't know if I was having a dream about you right now, or if that was real. Okay, I'm. <laughs> I'm so glad that was real. Okay, so I, where? Hey, hey, I'm more glad that you that it where, was not a dream, Tom. Where? Uh, where can? Yeah. So where? Where can we? You know, where? Where can? Where can everyone follow you? Yeah. So, um, Instagram, I use the most. Um, Instagram, I love using Instagram and. Uh, I always just try and post funny things. It's usually something to do with acting. Uh, it's something to do with my my son, who's now 14 months old, and yeah, some which fun is super cool. He's doing. Yeah. yeah, I love sharing little tidbits of him. Um, and then uh, about our dog, who's not nutty, uh, Maya, and then of course Julian and our family and things that are going on in LA. So, um, but I, I don't post a ton. But the 
best way to find me on Instagram is is Poonces, P-O-O-N-C-E-S. And it's a little play on uh, Toonces, the driving cat from a long time ago, Saturday Night Live sketch from like 25 years ago. And I my nickname became Poonces based on Toonces, the driving cat. So that's just a little fun thing. So you can follow me there. And then you can also find me on Facebook, um, either Dave Penyuk or Penyuk the Actor. Um, P-E-N-I-U-K, the actor. Uh, and you can follow my, my acting page on, on Facebook. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Cool. We're going to do this again. Uh, you mentioned Star Wars. If I ever... If, if, if you don't tell... If you get a part and then one day I'm watching a movie and you haven't told us and I see you like on the on a big movie one day, that's going to trip me right out. So... Uh, all the best with all this. Uh, I can't wait to see where it goes. I know it's going to go to great places. However, however your journey maps out, uh, just pumped for you, man. Really, really, genuinely, like really excited to see you guys do your thing. So uh, Thank thanks you. for coming on and sharing the story. I'm, um, this, is, this has been great. We're going to do it again. Tell Julie she's hey. next. Julie's next. Yes, Julie is next. And yeah, she'll she'll she's looking forward to it for sure too. And and I really appreciate you um, having me on on board. It's been great chatting with you. And and uh, and the re- the revenue stuff's still online, right? Is all all your real estate videos still everything's still there? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The website's still there, and all our YouTube something like a I don't know 150 or 200 YouTube videos. Okay, so a really great resource of real estate stuff still oh, all yeah, there. Oh yeah, definitely get get on there. And and I know some. Uh, some people are still teaching, uh, some of our stuff, uh, the more uh, group, um, it's the women's women's, they, it's a women's real estate group. Again, Julie would know better, but we license okay, we'll a her. lot of product. Well, yeah. Yeah. Ask her for sure. But, um, you can still take some of our, our classes, if you will, taught through them. They're a great group of gals, um, women in Ontario. Um, so, so revenue does live on through others and, and through the, the, the glorious internet. So yeah, if you want to learn the legacy stuff, survives. Yeah. Very cool. Does. Always. All will. right. Yeah, Dave. So, and Good chatting, man. You too. Hey, it's Tom Kradzis. Hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Dave Penyuk. Uh, great guy. It was fun to have him on. Um, those are fun and, and really kind of easy, just awesome conversations for us to have with people, especially with someone we've known for so long. Um, so if you're listening to this and you want any real estate specific information, you can always go to rockstarinnercircle.com where you'll find copies of our books. You'll find registration for the free real estate investing training class that we host in the office. Um, you can also find a ton of blog posts and articles um, and a whole bunch of other stuff on that website. There's just hundreds of pages of material and real estate stuff on that website. Um, different testimonials of people working with us here at Rockstar. So all kinds of stuff. So rockstarinnercircle.com is probably the best place to go if you're starting out and you want some real estate um, investing information. Specifically, it's Canadian-based. Um, we do most of the stuff we do is in the Greater Toronto and Golden Horseshoe area. So kind of all the way from the east side of Toronto all the way down to Niagara. So we cover this big chunk of Ontario here um and yeah all that information is on rockstarnercircle.com so hopefully you're enjoying these podcasts we're still having a blast doing them talk to you soon until next time your life your terms